You are listening to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast with Monica Louie, episode number 93. Welcome to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast, where we help online entrepreneurs grow their influence, amplify their impact, and scale their businesses all the way to seven figures. And now, here's your host, Monica Louie. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining me for the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I'm Monica Louie, and today I've got an incredible interview coming your way. But I have a question for you. Are you running at optimal efficiency? So many times we talk about improving the efficiency in our business, but what about us as the CEO of our business? My incredible guest today is here to show us how to use biohacking to eliminate brain fog, optimize our bodies and brains so that we can show up to our business and our lives full of energy and supremely focused, and how to be ultra productive so we can get more done in a day than some do in a week. Does that sound good to you? Then you'll definitely want to stay tuned. But first, if you are new to the podcast and you don't know me yet, I want to welcome you. I am Monica Louie, and I'm a Facebook and Instagram ads strategist, and I run a successful ads agency where my team and I manage ads for six, seven, and eight-figure online businesses. I'm also the creator of Flourish with Facebook Ads, which is my online training program that teaches my step-by-step system for creating campaigns that convert. My team and I have managed more than three million dollars in ad spend and served more than 1,000 students and clients. And we are in the trenches every single day, keeping a pulse on what's working now in the world of Facebook and Instagram ads. And a hot topic right now in the world of Facebook and Instagram ads is the upcoming Apple iOS 14 update. Now, by the time that this episode goes live, it may already be rolled out. I'm recording this a few weeks early. And there are so many things that we need to do in order to prepare for the iOS 14 update, whether it has yet to roll out or whether it is already rolled out. And so you need to be making changes, making updates to your event settings, to your pixel. You need to verify your domain. These are all new things that we need to do that Facebook has said that we need to do if we want to continue to run ads after this iOS 14 update rolls out. Now, What's going on with the iOS 14 update? Why is this such a big deal? Well, basically, Apple is saying that any app in the App Store needs to present the user with the opportunity to opt out of tracking when the app wants to track their data, wants to track their activity in the app and outside of the app. So Facebook is having to make this change once this update occurs to allow users to opt out of tracking. And what does that mean for us as advertisers? That means a few things. That means that it is going to limit our ability to track results from our ads. It may also limit our audiences that we create based on pixel data and a couple of other things. And so in order to navigate these waters and the changes, Facebook is making changes that they are requiring advertisers to make. And we are also making changes in the way that we approach our strategy that we use with our clients. And we're teaching that to our students as well. So with the iOS 14 update that is forthcoming, As I said, I'm recording this a bit early, so it may already be out by the time this episode goes live because there's so many things to stay on top of and things are changing literally by the day. 
I am consistently keeping my students in Flourish with Facebook ads, my VIP program updated on what to do and how we are navigating these waters with our clients and helping them to make adjustments for this big change that is coming. So we are breaking it down. We're sharing behind the scenes and what we are doing with our clients, how we're shifting our strategy in order to accommodate the changes that are coming. And we're sharing all of that in Flourish with Facebook ads. We're talking a lot about it in our VIP student Facebook group mastermind and our VIP group coaching calls. So because this is such a big change in the world of Facebook and Instagram ads, I wanted to offer you the opportunity to join Flourish with Facebook ads and the VIP program and save some money by doing so. So when you go to monicalouie.com slash iOS 100, you will save $100 off the entry fee to join Flourish with Facebook ads. When you join Flourish, you will get access to everything that Flourish with Facebook Ads students get, including six value-packed modules, the examples and case studies of real-life Facebook ads that convert, the guidebooks, worksheets, checklists, and cheat sheets to help you implement everything, plus 24-7 access to the members area, and you'll be entered into the VIP program as well. And that's where you get access to the VIP Facebook group and the VIP group coaching calls. You can jump into the hot seat, share screens on Zoom with me so that I can give you feedback on your campaigns and your strategy and help you navigate the waters of updating, making the updates that are necessary for iOS 14. You get all of that and more when you join at monicalouie.com slash iOS 100. This is a limited time promotion. I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to be running this promotion. So if you want to get in to flourish with Facebook ads, you know that this is your year to scale your business through the power of Facebook and Instagram ads. Then I invite you to join me in flourish at monicalouie.com slash iOS 100. All right. While we are working on scaling our businesses to seven figures, we know that we need to make sure that we are at our best so that we can perform not only for ourselves and our customers, but also for our families and our loved ones. And this is a topic that I have been really diving into for myself because I know that in order for me to be the best mom, wife, and CEO that I can be and to show up as my best self for you, I need to make sure that I'm taking care of my brain and my body. And let's just face it, I know the truth. I am not getting any younger. As I share in this interview, I will be turning 40 later this year. And while I still feel young and energetic, I don't feel anywhere near close to 40. I want to make sure that I am treating my body well so I can keep my energy high, so I can keep my performance in my business and as a mom and a wife high so that I can be the best version of myself that I know I can be. And my guest today is here to talk about all of that. My guest is the incredible Tanessa Shears from TanessaShears.com. And Tanessa is a health consultant and host of the Becoming Limitless podcast. She helps high-achieving entrepreneurs like you and me scale their businesses by optimizing their health, focus, and productivity with science and biohacking. Her passion is working closely with business owners to implement effective sleep, nutrition, workflow, and stress management strategies to eliminate brain fog and help them get more done in eight hours than most people can get done in a week. 
She does this by optimizing the performance capacity of your body and brain so you can produce more meaningful, impactful work output and scale your business faster. And I am here for all of that. This is such an incredible conversation. If you want to learn how to get more effective sleep and how much sleep you really need and what may be impacting your energy levels when it comes to food and nutrition. We dive into all of that, plus some of Tanessa's best tips for how to optimize your food, nutrition, and more in today's episode. So if you want to learn how to become limitless, this episode is for you. But before we dive into the interview, I want to make sure you know that you can find all the links and resources that are mentioned in today's episode at monicalouie.com slash 93. That's M-O-N-I-C-A-L-O-U-I-E.com slash the number 93. All right. Here is my fantastic interview with the amazing Tanessa Shears from TanessaShears.com. Hey, Tanessa, thank you so much for joining me on the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I am so excited about our conversation today. I was sharing with you before we hit record that I am all about everything that you teach and I've been loving your podcast. So please share with the audience who you are and what you do. How do you help people today? So my name is Tanessa and what I specifically do is I'm a health consultant for entrepreneurs. So when my clients come to me, they're usually really tired in the morning, tired all day, or they go through these energy rises and falls and they just feel like their thinking is really foggy and unclear. And they just feel like, just like everything's clunky and it's not moving smoothly. And it gets to the point where it's affecting their business. So they're not able to be as productive as they want. They're not able to do focused, long extended blocks of work. And it's just getting them to a place where it's limiting them in their ability to really show up and grow. So what I do is I come in and I figure out where the brain fog is coming in, where the inflammation is coming in. And I systematically help them eliminate it by biohacking and using science to optimize their brain and body and take them from, you know, operating around 50% of peak performance all the way up to 90% so that they are clear, sharp, and focused so they can grow their business faster. Love it. Okay. So biohacking, I have been diving into this. I mean, it just, it just so happens that I've been like learning all about this this year is with, you know, wanting to improve my health and my performance and my business and in life in general, and just having more energy, I've been kind of diving into this. So for those that don't know what biohacking is, can you explain what that means? Yeah, absolutely. The first time I heard biohacking though, I was like, this sounds dangerous or illegal. Something sounds <laughs> not good about this. But then when I was diving into it, I realized it's essentially just hacking your own biology. It's coming up with solutions that help you to create more longevity, more focus, more clarity, a clearer brain, a healthier body. It just creates a better quality of life in total. And so the way I like to do biohacking is what are the strategies that I can put into play that allow me to get more energy out than what I'm putting in and how can I measure that? All right. Very cool. So I would love to go back to how you got into this, essentially, you know, how did you become an entrepreneur building your own business? I just love to dive into people's stories of what brought them to, to where they are today. So can you kind of take us back and how did you get from where you started to here you are? Yeah, well, I was the girl who would show up to PE late because I hated sweating and I hated eating healthy and I hated all things exercise. So it's been a complete 180. So I used to work as a lifeguard and a swimming teacher a long time ago, probably back in like 2007. And it was really cold teaching swimming lessons for a long period of time. So the supervisors offered me this opportunity. They're like, Hey, Tanessa, if you want to teach 
aquafit that's like exercising in the pool then you don't have to teach so many swimming lessons and i was like sign me up anything to stop being so cold all day at work so i became an aqua fitness instructor and in the process of learning about exercise in the body i was like this is so cool I need to change my whole life. So I literally went from a degree in communications and I swapped to biomedical physiology and kinesiology, literally that same semester. And from there got my degree and opened my personal training business in 2014. And so from there, just naturally as entrepreneurs, we're curious, we're always looking for better solutions for our clients. So I began enrolling in like tons of health certifications and then came my designation as a sleep science coach. And I'm slowly starting to see everything compound pound and getting my clients better and better results. And then came in biohacking. And there came a point a couple of years ago where I looked at my client base and it was 90% entrepreneurs because the benefits went so far beyond just physical transformations. My clients were like, I'm sleeping better. I'm not waking up during the middle of the night. I'm so focused at work. I have energy. I'm hitting my workouts. And it was so much more beyond just what I started my personal training business for. So it was about two, three years ago, I went online and started working one-on-one with entrepreneurs entrepreneurs to help them eliminate that brain fog and create that clarity of thinking. Love it. Okay. Very cool. And along the way, you mentioned a couple of your credentials, but you have a long list of credentials. It's, it's pretty incredible. Can you share just what some of those are? What different areas do you have expertise in? Yeah, I'm an education junkie. If you can't tell, it was really funny when my husband and I got married, one of the wedding vows that he gave to me was he vowed to continue supporting my love for online courses. (laughs) So I ended up, first of all, I guess, after I got my personal training certification and I graduated as a kinesiologist, I then went on to start exploring, you know, nutrition and habits. So I became a precision nutrition certified coach. And a lot of that is understanding how to create healthy habits around everything we do. And then beyond that, you know, getting my certification in I guess, trainings that really function well for us. So things like my TRX training, I became a spin instructor, all kinds of things like that. But most recently, over over really the last couple of years, I've been diving into sleep as I'm realizing what a cornerstone it is for our health and the clarity of our thinking. And so I got my certified sleep science coach to really understand what sleep does and how to help address some of the sleep problems that we're seeing in so many of the entrepreneurs I work with. Okay, very cool. You mentioned, you know, it's already some of the benefits that you're seeing with your clients as they like learn about biohacking and start to improve. But can you explain how just, you know, connect the dots even more for us? You know, obviously when we are feeling better and more energetic, then we can, you know, do more in our business, be more productive. But can you share with us, you know, help us connect the dots about how it can help us scale our businesses? Yeah. Well, we are used to showing up to our businesses just from what we know, you know, where some of us are tired in the mornings, we're needing extra coffee just to get going. We need to feel like we're in that kind of grind and hustle phase. And we have this understanding that, oh, well to, you know, have a successful business, we have to sacrifice sleep and we have to stay up late and grind and hustle and all of this energy output in order to get our business going. But what I started to see is that in order to have a successful business, it's more about the productivity and the quality of the time you put in. So productivity I found is not really based on your schedules and your calendars, your to-do lists and your tasks. It's all about the energy that you have to show up. So what I love to do is using sleep, using nutrition, using movement, using stress management and workflow, teach entrepreneurs how to be able to elevate their performance capacity and their brain to 90% of that peak capacity. So that during the time they go to work, they are more productive. They 
can get more done because we know as entrepreneurs, the success of our business is directly correlated to the size of the problem we solve. So by accessing the superpowers that come with amazing sleep and nutrition, we can show up to be better problem solvers, to be better at our emotional management and to be able to think outside the box and to be able to feel refreshed and restored so we can hit the ground running in the morning and give our clients and our customers the absolute best of us. So we're not showing up less than creative or less than tired. We're there being our best for them as well. I love that. Okay. And I know, because so as I said, I've been diving into your podcast and absolutely loving it. And I know that you have been building your business and you have a one-year-old daughter. We were just talking about her before we hit record and you have done so much with your business, with growing it over these past few years while you were pregnant, being a mom of a newborn. Can you explain a little bit about what you've done and how you've used these tools for yourself and growing your business? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to lie. The idea of having a baby and a business completely freaked me out when I was pregnant. And I even got coaching on it from my coach. I'm like, I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to have a business and a baby. And what if I'm overwhelmed? And what if I'm stressed out? But one of the most amazing things that I recognized is that my ability to have good sleep being a mom is going to also be dependent on her ability to have good sleep and to follow routine and structure. Like the way our bodies and brains work, we are routine oriented, right? That's why we generally have go to the bed at the same time, wake up at the same times, we eat at the same times every day. So in part of my prepping to be a mom in business, it was looking at how can I create an optimal environment for my daughter to flourish in and sleep in so I can. So I actually started by biohacking her sleep. So I'm looking at things like how bright is her room at night? Is her circadian rhythm consistent? Am I feeding her within a proper window before bed so that she can, you know, experience proper deep quality sleep? So it was actually tapping into that. And then right about at the four month mark, when she was four months old, when her routine really started to solidify and she was going to bed consistently and waking up consistently, I was able to find those pockets of time that were so predictable that I was able to just go in, use the productivity that I've created just, you know, from eating well and moving during the day and get so much done. Like my work blocks now are 5.30 AM to 8.30 AM. Those are five days a week. And I get a two hour block of work while she is sleeping. That's aside from client time. But I know that during those times I have to go to work. And I think that's one of the superpowers that I have learned as in becoming a mom is that I have the capability to compress my full business down into that amount of time. So it really opened my eyes and expanded my view of what was possible for productive work when you are intentional about using your time. And during this time, you were also writing a book and <laughs> starting a podcast and all the things. So can you share a little bit about that? Because I, I'm just so impressed with what you've done. Yeah. Well, when I began hacking my own sleep, I always like to share what I'm doing on Instagram. So I actually created something called project sleep. And what I would do is on Instagram, I would tell everyone, okay, here is exactly what I'm implementing. And then I would show them my sleep stats from my Fitbit over the next couple nights. And I'd be like, well, that improved my deep sleep that improved my REM sleep. Oh, that didn't. And I was kind of exploring my own sleep and what was creating such great sleep. And from that, I was able to add like half an hour per 
night of consolidated sleep. I was able to improve my REM sleep. That's how much I'm dreaming and my deep sleep quality, my energy during the day. And I was documenting it live on Instagram. So because I was having such effective sleep, what actually happened was I created time in the morning, which I was now awake and not having to sleep in and catch up on my sleep debt, but I was really present and focused. So from those extra hours in the morning, I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to write a book of exactly what I implemented at what time, what the results were and how I transformed my sleep to the effect of a better business. And so that's where that came in. And once I had that book, I was like, well, what am I going to do now? And that's when the podcast came in. I was like, Hey, I've got those hours every morning. What do I want to do to create a result in my business? And that happened to be the podcast next. Okay. I absolutely love all of that. Okay. I'm curious. I have a something to share with you, Tanessa. (laughs) (laughs) This year I will be turning 40. And so aging has been on my mind, you know, and reducing the effects of aging, aging, you know, keeping my energy up. I don't, I certainly don't feel like I'm going to be 40, but can you kind of share how biohacking relates to reducing the signs and effects of aging? Yeah, absolutely. So what we're looking at here is getting quality rest and recovery, right? Because we want to be able to keep our brains sharp. So one of the things that does happen naturally with aging is while we are processing in our business decisions, you know, we're creating content, we're coaching, we're working, we're making all kinds of investments in our clients during the day we actually get an accumulation of something called beta amyloid proteins on the brain. This is just kind of like a metabolic breakdown product that accumulates during the day. So what happens is during our sleep, during our deep sleep specifically, our brain gets what I call a bath. So the brain cells actually shrink down just a little bit and the fluid that surrounds your brain kind of washes it out, right? And that removes all of those beta amyloid proteins. But the fun thing is we want deep sleep because accumulation of beta amyloid proteins over time actually leads to dementia and Alzheimer's, which is why as we get older, we have a harder time remembering things. Our thinking is more cloudy. We have trouble staying focused on things longer. So what one of the major things I focus on is that prioritization of quality sleep so that our brain can actually refresh and restore so that we can stay sharp. So part of biohacking is creating that longevity, right? And is warding off long-term disease, whether that be through managing of the cortisol hormone stress or eating whole foods and watching, you know, where toxins are creeping in, or if we're constantly fluctuating our blood sugar, but we're looking at overall extending the quality of our life and improving the quality of our life. Perfect. Okay. So all of this is just super important for our energy as entrepreneurs also, but there are going to be so many other benefits as well, like reducing the signs of aging. So you mentioned sleep a whole bunch and obviously, you know, how important it is. So I'm just curious how much sleep do we actually need? And does it vary by person? Because I know some people who are like, oh, I get five hours of sleep and I have a rocking business. And whereas if I even think about getting five hours of sleep, I just would be a zombie the next day. So can you share, you know, how much do we actually need? So for the people that say that they can get by on four to five hours of sleep, yes, we can get by on that. But I always ask, like, why wouldn't you want to be optimizing that time? We think that we can buy back all this extra time by sleeping less, but it directly impacts your ability to be clear and productive and refreshed the next day, right? So I always look at that from a standpoint of like, well, if your productivity and focus is say this much on five hours sleep, just imagine what it could be on seven hours of sleep, right? So to answer your other question, if you're looking at how much sleep 
it really depends on your chronotype. So chronotype is essentially a word that describes whether someone is a more of a morning person or an evening person, or they kind of fall in the middle. So people that are a bit more of a morning person or a bit more of an evening person do tend to require a little less sleep. And by little less, I mean like 45 minutes to half an hour. So for those people that, you know, their chronotypes are either early morning risers or the late night owls, I look at setting a goal of a minimum of seven and a half hours because they have what we call a medium sleep drive. So there they need a moderate amount of sleep to feel refreshed. Now, people that generally are in the middle, which is about 50% of the population, they on average, you know, the, the ones that go to bed at 11 and wake up at seven, they have usually a higher sleep drive. So I recommend getting anywhere from from even seven hours, 45 minutes to eight hours of sleep per night. And it's one of those things that it takes constant intentional practice in looking at your sleep numbers. Meaning if you are recording your sleep via an Oura Ring or a Garmin watch or a Fitbit, when you are looking at how much sleep you got the next morning, you're also looking at how your productivity is the next day or your energy is. And if you are finding that you are lacking, that might be a sign either that your biorhythm is out of balance or you aren't getting enough sleep. So then we start to like be very methodical, changing one thing at a time so that we can see what is going to produce the greatest result. Cause like I said, entrepreneurs are busy. We don't have time to be implementing all of these things. If we don't know that they're directly creating more energy out than in. Yeah, that's perfect. I love that you said that because that is something that I've felt like I get kind of get overwhelmed. Like I know I should be doing all of these things I should be journaling and meditating and getting enough sleep and, you know, eating this and avoiding that and doing all of these things. And it just kind of feels overwhelming that I don't know what's really going to give me the best bang for my buck and where I should even start. So it sounds like, or would you agree? Is this what you're saying that, you know, starting with your sleep and making sure that your sleep quality is there is kind of like the first step or does it vary by, by person? I always think that sleep, like we said, is going to get the most bang for your buck, but I usually find I'm starting with sleep or nutrition first. So for example, I had a client come to me last fall and she was like, I've got headaches every day. I'm bloated and I'm gassy. So that to me is a red flag that it's likely something food related that is creating the, the most immediate issue, right? Because it's likely a digestive thing. But if someone is saying to me, I'm so exhausted at the end of the day, I can't even play with my kids. I just want to bury myself into the couch and some Netflix. My brain is likely going, well, it could be food, but sleep is usually the culprit that people love. Every client that I have come into me, 90% of the time will say to me, my sleep's fine. Don't worry. We should just really focus on my nutrition plan and my exercise. But I can't tell you how many times I get the data from my clients, from their sleep trackers. I put it into my spreadsheet and I analyze it and their sleep, they're either missing out on deep sleep or they're not getting enough REM sleep or it's too short or it's inconsistent. And they're constantly creating almost the experience of jet lag for themselves, despite them telling me their sleep is fine. That's it's so fascinating because I've always felt like I'm just one of those people who needs a lot of sleep, but it can be hard to do that when, you know, I've got kids and a business and, you know, things going on and a family life and all of that. So I wonder, you know, if it may be my quality is what I need to work on and that'll help me, you know, kind of feel better on potentially less sleep. Is that a possibility? You know what I always look at? I always think the best investment we can make as entrepreneurs is in 
a, a sleep tracker of some sort. It doesn't have to be fancy. A basic Fitbit will do the job. So because there is inaccuracy in any model you get when you're comparing it to like a, a sleep science study, for example, where they place all the electrodes on your head. But we need to be aware of what our quality sleep is like. Like our brain doesn't produce a printout in the morning going, great job. You had enough dream sleep, but your deep was a little low good job on the amount of sleep you got. Like our brains don't do that. It would be like never having access to see what's in our bank account. And we always just have to take a guess at whether we have enough money. We need a way of telling and knowing that these Fitbit trackers or these Ura rings, they're so reasonably priced when you consider that this investment is for your business. Because if we look at your your say your sleep data and your REM sleep, your dream sleep is not enough. And you find that you're staring, trying to write emails or newsletters, and you have no creativity. I can directly tie that to your lack of REM sleep. So now the question is, is investing in understanding your sleep data. Is that worth it to not have to struggle with your creativity and your problem solving, your out of the box thinking, your emotional management, all of these things that directly tie to the components of your sleep. Okay. I love that you said that because I actually just got myself an aura ring. It just arrived a couple of weeks ago. So I've been using it and my husband was a little skeptical. He's like, do you really need that? You know, what is, what is the end result going to be? So I have been tracking and it's been interesting to see what it says about my sleep. And I feel like it's much more accurate than like there are apps that you can just have turned on, you know, on your phone next to you while you sleep. Anyway, I've tested a few different things and I feel like the aura ring definitely is much more accurate than some of these other things that I've tried to track my sleep. I haven't tried the Fitbit in years, but anyway, so I'm glad that you said that, that you're a proponent of the Aura Ring or, you know, other trackers like it. Yeah, absolutely. And like we said, there, there is some research that has showed that the Aura Rings are accurate because they're taking a pulse from the finger. But yes. what makes the, the watches so much more accurate than the apps is that they are basing it on heart rate because as you go through the phases of sleep, your heart rate changes and your blood pressure changes, right? So it's measuring these components here and doing its best to formulate whether you are dreaming or whether you are in deep sleep based on these changes that are happening, right? But the problem with the apps is some of them just measure, you know, using the accelerometer, if your bed is moving, some of them measure by, you know, auditory sounds in the middle of the night. So it's really just taking a guess. And I have found, I have tried so many apps. I've had clients try apps to try to, you know, get around buying the fitness tracker. But at the end of the day, they are just inaccurate unless you are having some direct way of measuring one of your vital signs for it to interpret. Okay. Very cool. So what tips do you have for us to get better quality sleep? I heard on your podcast, you were talking about waking up without an alarm. And I have always had to wake up with an alarm. And I'm one of those that will hit snooze just over and over because I feel like I'm not ready yet, or I need just a little bit more sleep, but you actually don't wake up or, or you wake up without an alarm. And I've heard other people say that they wake up without an alarm. And so how do you, how do you make that happen? So what you're talking about specifically is circadian rhythm. So my alarm, I have an alarm set. It never goes off because my alarm is set for about 5.55 AM. And that's kind of like the holy moly, something went wrong and you slept in alarm. So for me, what I've done, and it's been a very consistent effort because I prioritize my energy and how I feel during the day over that extra Netflix show at night that, you know, keeps you up past when you said you were going to go to bed. So I prioritize having a consistent circadian rhythm. So circadian rhythm basically means how 
how your body functions relative to a 24 hour clock. So circa meaning around and dia meaning day circadian rhythm. So, so many things follow that clock, our hormones, our body temperature follows it, our sleep wake cycles follow it. So by implementing a consistent sleep and wake time, it allows you to optimally take advantage of your natural hormone swings. So when you wake up in the morning, for example, you get a natural increase in the hormone cortisol. This is good because it allows you to wake up. Now, if I'm waking up two hours after that cortisol rise, I'm going to have missed it altogether. So I'm going to be waking up sleepy and groggy and not feeling really great. So by consistently picking a time in which I go to sleep every night, plus or minus, you know, 20 to 30 minutes, and I wake up consistently plus or minus 20 to 30 minutes, I find that I don't need to rely on alarm clock. And why this is so important is because if you wake up naturally, your body will always wake you up at the end of a sleep cycle. This is important because if you've ever woken up and felt like, oh my gosh, is it morning? My eyelids are glued shut. This is called sleep inertia. It's because you have likely woken up mid sleep cycle. It has come slammed to a stop by an alarm clock. Normally, if you're experiencing really bad sleep inertia, that's that grogginess that you can't shake. Even with coffee, you may have been woken up during a deep sleep phase. If you're experiencing it moderately, perhaps you were in the middle of a dream, but ideally we want our bodies to wake us up naturally at the end of a sleep cycle so that we can wake up feeling really refreshed. And the best way to do that is without an alarm clock. And the best way not to use an alarm clock is to consistently set that pattern for your body to fall into by going to sleep, waking up at the same time. So should we just decide, you know, based on our schedule right now, when we should be going to bed and waking up, is that how we just get started with this? What would you recommend? So that is one way you can get started with it. So one thing I've been like obsessed about lately, and when I mean obsessed, I'm one of those people that like, I listen to everything I possibly can. I read every book I possibly can is the whole concept of chronotypes and biorhythms right now. So essentially, if you think of, let's go back to caveman days. Naturally, there were some people that needed to stay up and guard the entrance of the cave to predators at the end of the night. So they would stay up and do the 11, 12, one, two o'clock shift, right? And then they'd have to do a trade out. And that would be the four, five, six a.m. people would be getting up to guard the cave. And then you'd have the rest of the tribe, which say, you know, they slept normal hours, but there always had to be those people on guard. And that's kind of the idea of a chronotype, meaning are you more of a morning person or are you more of an evening person? So this is genetically determined, meaning if you are naturally a night owl, trying to force yourself to be a morning person will create what's called social jet lag. You are using your social schedule to artificially create jet lag. Our hormones fluctuate according to our chronotype as do our body temperatures, all the things that make us feel alert and all the things that make us feel tired. So we need to make sure we're following that. And honestly, one of the best and easiest ways to figure out what your chronotype is, is there is a book that I've absolutely loved. It's called The Power of When by Dr. Michael Bruce. He has a quiz that you can just Google and it'll tell you which category you fall into. You'll either fall into an early morning person, a late person, a midday person, or an insomniac. And so from this, you can learn, okay, well, genetically based on this quiz that I took, I'm naturally a morning person. So this is where I can start setting my circadian rhythm. And then I make adjustments based on my real life experience. 
Very cool. Okay. I will definitely link to that quiz in the show notes and that book, because that sounds like a great read. So what tips do you have for us for getting better quality of sleep? Is it just about the circadian rhythm or are there other things that we can do to help our, our sleep, you know, improve? Yeah. So I'm just going to say a quick thing about why that circadian rhythm is so important. Think about this. This is something I never knew before I dove into all this. The majority of your deep sleep, which is the part that makes you feel refreshed in the morning, that happens mostly at the beginning of the night. And our dreaming and our REM sleep happens at the end of the night. Now, if you're staying up, say two hours later than you usually do, whether that be to watch, you know, another Netflix episode or to finish up a sales page in your business that is essentially cutting into two hours of your deep sleep. It may only feel like, Hey, that's only a couple hours of sleep, but you might in fact be cutting out 50 to 60% of your deep sleep. So by constantly fluctuating the start and the end times of your sleep, you may be significantly impacting the amount of a certain component. So you might be knocking out the majority of your deep sleep by staying up. Or if you get up two or three hours early, you might be wiping out the majority of your REM sleep. So if you're looking at what can improve the quality of your sleep, being consistent allows you to make sure you enjoy the full spectrum of sleep, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes, definitely. In terms of like other things that'll really help your sleep. One of the biggest things that changed everything for me was investing in a pair of blue light blocking glasses that had red lenses. So before this point, I'd always grabbed like, you know, the clear or the yellow ones thinking that would do the trick, but I stumbled upon a brand called true dark and I invested in a pair of their sunset twilight glasses. So they're basically red at the top of the lens and yellow at the bottom. And what they do is they block out blue light. So this is really important because all our devices emit blue light, whether we're looking at our computers or our cell phones or our TVs. So when this blue light enters our eyes, it puts a break on a place in our brain called the pineal gland. And the pineal gland, it secretes melatonin. So we've all heard of melatonin. It's supposed to be that hormone that helps us sleep so well, but as long as we're looking into our phones or staring at our computer screens, we're essentially putting the brake on melatonin. Now melatonin needs a couple of hours to ramp up at night, right? So if we are on our phones till 10 PM, and then we turn our lights out and try to go to sleep, we lay there and wonder why we can't fall asleep right away or why our sleep is so choppy and poor and the quality is not there. We're essentially delaying that hormone production artificially and artificially delaying what our brain perceives as sunset. So by putting on these glasses an hour and a half before bed, it really helps my melatonin production naturally ramp up because as we are living indoors with all this artificial light, our brain is no longer relying on the sunset as a cue for nighttime is coming because it's daylight inside according to our brain. So using these glasses to really help our brain assist that melatonin production has made my sleep so much better. So interesting. It's so fascinating because you don't know. Well, I, I appreciate you clarifying because, you know, I've seen people talk about those. I've seen people wear them and you just wonder, you know, does it really make an effect or is it just like a pricey gimmick? So it's good to know, you know, how it all works with your hormones and with your, your circadian rhythm too, right? Oh, oh, totally. I, they make such a difference for me. Like I will often put them on and personally within like half hour, 45 minutes, I start actually feeling drowsy and you can feel that effect of melatonin signaling the onset of sleep. And I've fallen asleep reading. I fall asleep sometimes mid conversation with my husband. If I'm in bed, like they really create that nice, cozy, drowsy feeling that you want. So you can slip into sleep really easily and then stay asleep. Okay. Very cool. Thank you for that. I'd love to talk about nutrition. So this is something that you talk about too, as part of your 
becoming limitless framework, correct? And how yes. important you said that you usually with your clients, you usually start with sleep or nutrition, depending on where it seems like the biggest need is at that time, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. It's usually one of those things that I find is creating the most inflammation and figuring out which one of those to start with usually will set us off on the right foot. So I have dove into learning about nutrition and it seems like, you know, there, there are some things that are fairly consistent across the board. And then there are some things that are kind of conflicting. So like, you know, which diet is best? Some people swear by being, you know, vegan, others swear by keto or paleo. And I've tried all of those kinds of plans. I'm just wondering, you know, is there one that kind of is best overall, or is it like a person by person type of thing? Or how do you approach figuring out what is the optimal nutrition and diet for somebody? So like you said, there are so many options out there. And I think that's what makes it so confusing because everyone who is a proponent of the diet they talk about says it's the best, right? Nobody says I like this diet (laughs) and it's the worst. (laughs) So One of the things that I love to do is look at, just take a step back and let's look at the foundations here. What is wrong with the way we're currently eating? And it's really easy to take a snapshot look and say, well, if we look at the amount of added sugar and the amount of processed foods that are in our diet, we know that those shouldn't be there. And that is something that every single diet philosophy agrees on, right? It means reducing the amount of added sugar, reducing the amount of processed food. So I love the the principle of a whole food plan. And so what I do is I actually give my clients a challenge in the first 30 days they're working with me. And this isn't always like since day one, I usually will get them orientated and then I will give them a challenge. And it's two reasons I give them this challenge. The challenge is no sugar and no flour for 30 days. And One number one reason is I really just want to pull all of the primary causes of inflammation out of their diet. And I want them to see what their body feels like when it is optimized, meaning when you aren't getting massive blood sugar swings, when you aren't inundated with, you know, processed and really high saturated like food and how we feel, how clear we feel, because then it gets really easy for my clients to decide which one impacted my productivity and my energy the most. The second reason I give that challenge is because I intentionally want to kick up all their drama around food. Because Mm. if you think about this, we all know intuitively what is healthy. If you were to put two plates in front of you, one was a really carby pasta dish and with garlic bread. And the other one was maybe like salmon and Brussels sprouts with a sweet potato. We could all pick out the one that has better nutritional value, right? So I find that it isn't often nutritional education that we need, but we need coaching on the way we make our decisions around food. And I find that when I dig into that, that is at the root of it. Because if I can't coach my clients in a way that allows them to develop that consistency and that accountability and that almost self-discipline with their self around food, I can give them all the biohacks in the world and it's not going to make a difference, right? Like that, why do we know what the right foods are to eat and not do it. It's getting to the root of that. And when I pull out no sugar, no flour, our brains freak out. What am I going to eat? How can I do this? It's going to be so terrible. Food is, food is, makes me feel better. What am I going to do when I'm bored? I love that this stuff comes up because now I can coach your brain on, well, 
what does it really mean to be bored? And do we need to be correcting that? And do we also need to be correcting that with food? That way we can really get to the root of why these habits were developed and we can start to unlearn them and unwind them so that when we get further in the program beyond food, I don't have to worry about it being an implementation problem. It's really just a, here is a solution. Okay, we go to work on it. And it's not this battle of willpower for every change we make. It just becomes who they are because they understand fundamentally how to make decisions in a different way because our decisions are what creates the results we have in our life right now. If you don't have the result you want in your life right now, you need to make your decisions a different way not different decisions. You need to make them a different way, what you're prioritizing, what you're focusing on while you're in that process. I love that you just are going to go for it. You're, you want to create the drama or see what is there so that you can help your clients. Because a lot of times you're right. Like we do know what is healthier, what is, you know, what is not as healthy, even if, you know, there are conflicting opinions about specific foods or specific types of foods. But, you know, a lot of it is like, we know what to do. It's just, why aren't we doing it? Or why aren't we doing it consistently and kind of getting to the root of that problem? Oh, absolutely. And, and you know where this shows up the most is when someone will try a way of eating. So let's just take keto for an example. Whenever you approach any style of eating, all it is is a set of conditions on how you should eat in order to fit that diet, right? So what happens is we go and we follow a lot of these conditions and it gets hard. So we don't stay consistent and then we don't get the results and then we quit. But what do we do? We say it's the diet's fault. The diet was too strict. It was too restrictive. It was too hard. The diet is literally just a set of conditions that show up on a piece of paper. It was something to do with the way of our thinking that it didn't work. So what the second problem to that is, is instead of actually looking at it and say, well, what did work from that? Like what really worked? And I, what did I love? What created the results? We just throw out the whole concept instead of like, I'm sure there are some components of keto that work and some components of paleo and some components of being vegan or vegetarian. But if we always just delegate our responsibility and our results to the diet being the thing that gets us the results, it's always out of our hands. So I always like to take that approach of like, okay, this week we are going to implement one thing. Let's pull out nightshades. Did that reduce the amount of bloating you got? No, put it back in. Okay, let's try this. Let's take out cheese. Did that work? Yes, great. Let's keep out cheese because clearly it's creating a lot of brain fog for you and this is not helping you in your life or your business. Now that you feel how great it feels to have that brain fog, do you want to go back to eating cheese? The answer is usually really easy because you're just not willing to go back to that quality of life you had before you realize how good your body was supposed to feel. I love, I, I love your approach with all of this because it's really just testing, you know, and when, when we're creating our Facebook ads or our marketing strategy or our funnels, you know, all of it comes back to testing to figure out what is helping us get the results that we're looking for. And then if not, which piece of the puzzle is maybe, you know, affecting it, whether it's that landing page that could you know, use a better conversion rate or, you know, that email that just get it, isn't getting open. So people aren't clicking on it, you know, looking at those things. I love diving into that stuff. And that's how you approach it with your clients. It sounds like, is you're just looking at the data just, you know, without the drama, right? You're looking at, okay, what is working? What is helping us get the best results? And then what is maybe not even a factor? And maybe we, we, can include that or we can keep it out if we, if we like. Oh, a hundred percent. It's like even the concept of split testing. It's like, okay, yes. I have my results from two weeks of eating like this. Now let's change one thing. See, I think that's where we get messed up is we're like, oh my gosh, this didn't work. I'm going to go off of this way of eating. And then two weeks later, when you're feeling the motivation that we're depending on, 
well, I'm going to go back to the gym and I'm going to eat different and I'm going to sleep different. And you get this and you go, go, go. And then just because you haven't developed a consistency, it all falls apart. So we're constantly looking at what one thing can I change to directly measure if that had an effect? If not, I'm not going to keep using it. It's like looking at that return on investment. And that's why I think biohacking is like such a beautiful marriage of entrepreneurship and health, because as entrepreneurs, we want to know our return on investment. We want to know our KPIs. We have to be up on our business stats in order to improve. And this is what biohacking is. It's like, Hey, what result am I getting out of what I'm doing? And if I'm not getting a result, something needs to change. It's not the results fault. It's just, I need to make a change to keep moving and seeing if I'm on the right path. It's exactly like doing Facebook ads. It's exactly like running a business. It's constantly tweaking until you find that like perfect protocol for you. And it is different for everyone. Just like every Facebook ad is different, right? And to really get in there and understand that like what the first ad you run or the first diet you do may not be a winner. You might have to scrap the whole thing or you might just have to change the headline or you might just have to change the landing page. But we don't expect those things to work 100% on our first time out the gate. So I love taking that same approach because entrepreneurs understand that and applying that to the way we biohack our health. I absolutely love it. Okay. So you've got your entire becoming limitless framework and we've only touched on a couple of things and I have so many questions about all of it. Can you just share, you know, break it down for the audience, what is included in the becoming limitless framework and what it means to become limitless? The becoming limitless concept to me is not about perfection. It's not about being right and good all the time and, you know, getting it just right. It's about really seeing for yourself what is possible. It's not about being limitless. It's becoming limitless. I am always in the process of upping my own game of feeling 1% better and letting that compound as I add things on. It's, it's about that journey to become a better version of you and to imagine what might be possible if you just let go of everything that you are told to do and start really tuning in to what is working for you. So as far as the becoming limitless framework, I kind of like to think of it as a pyramid where you need to master the things on the bottom. So we are looking at what are the biggest causes of inflammation that are leading to brain fog, right? So eliminate, we're looking at things like what is our nutrition? Like, can we optimize it? What is our sleep? Like, can we get better quality? What is our stress? Like, can we bring that down? Can we manage it? Can we have breaks in our life where we are in more of a relaxed alpha brainwave kind of activity, as opposed to like the high beta stressed out we feel when we're in our business. So once those have mastered, then what we do is we start working on things like our thinking and how it's creating a lot of our feelings and that emotional management part of it. Right. And really starting to understand that. Then what we do is we look at like our ability to focus and be productive and at our schedule, because our ability to be productive is only as strong as our ability to stay focused and not be distracted. So we look at where we're leaking time, both energetically and physically, like where are we spending 15 minutes scrolling when it was intended to be productive work? So we're working our way up and then finishing on, you know, just workplace ergonomics. Are you taking breaks while you're work? Are you getting enough activity during the day and exercise and movement and stuff like that? So it's looking at it from a holistic perspective, but starting with your base three, which are sleep, nutrition, and stress moving up to mindset and then movement. And then lastly, finishing on like that workflow and ergonomic setup of your office space. I love it. Okay. I can see how all of this 
would help all of us become better entrepreneurs, better business owners, and help us not only perform at our best, but that then relates to our clients and our customers that we're going to be able to serve them better and also show up better in our family life and our home life. Um, you know, be better parents, be better spouses, be better partners, just all of it. I, I see this ripple effect. And that's why I started diving into this myself this year, because I knew just with this, you know, uh, turning 40, I feel like I just want to like uh, turn 40 and I want to have the most energy that I've ever had in my entire life. And I want to keep getting better and better. And I love what you said about, you know, getting 1% better, just making those tweaks and continuing to improve. And that's just going to have an enormous effect on every avenue of our life. A hundred percent. And I always love the, the point that we get in our journey in which you are feeling so clear and so energized. And for me, the big thing that drives me is when I shut off for the day and I finish with my last client, I want to be able to get down there on the floor with my one-year-old and be present and, you know, energized. I don't want to be like, oh my gosh, can I go to bed yet? Right? Like those are the moments that I create this energy for, right. And being able to show up for my family and we build our businesses and we build our companies so that we can have that time freedom and that life freedom that we so desire. But if we don't have the vitality and the vibrancy to enjoy it, what is the point? So for me, it's giving back that gift of the time you create for yourself and that schedule freedom. Like how can we get that energy back so that you can enjoy the life that you're creating with your business? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Before we sign off today, I would love to hear just a little bit about your program. And then if you could share some like client success stories of, you know, working with somebody and, and what changes you help them with, but then also the results that you saw in their business as a result of it. Yeah. So one of the clients that springs to mind is her business is actually, she is a dog walking and training company, right? So when she came to me, she had chronic headaches, gas, and bloating, and she'd get to the point where she would finish working in the business. And then, you know, the end of her sessions with clients came and it was time to work on the business, but she would be so exhausted that she would just basically hit the couch and go to sleep and she wouldn't be able to actually invest back that time into her business to keep it growing. So she felt really stagnant. So I knew that based on her symptoms, the first place with her to start was going to be with her nutrition. So I cut out sugar and flour. And by the end of that month, her, everything, her symptoms had completely cleared up one month, her headaches were gone and everything like that. And then what we did was we slowly started adding back things in. And what we realized was, well, the flour, she can add back in, in moderation, but it was the sugar that was causing the headaches. So what we did was we put an intentional plan in to enjoy sugar. So she planned, for example, on Saturdays at 6 PM, that's when I'm going to enjoy something that I've planned in advance. And it's going to be a sugary treat and I'm going to enjoy that. So what this happens is during the week where she's focused on eating the foods that create that, that presence of mind that she needs to be in her business all day. And then she gets home to the end of the day and she still has that energy and capacity to work on her business for a couple hours. Meaning, you know, she's doing newsletters, she's doing marketing, she's talking growth plans, she's hiring staff. And this has allowed her since we started working together to bring on two extra staff members to take off some of those walks from her schedule. So she's directly freeing up that time to put energy back into the marketing of her business. So what it looks like, I guess, to work on one-on-one is I always like to work with people for at least six months because that establishes the ground lines that this is not going to be overnight. This is not going to be quick. It's a process of experimentation, right? I'm more about the sustainability of things. So when someone comes into work with me, I like to always sit down and just be like, Hey, 
what's going on with your sleep? What does it feel like now? Where would it be like if it was a 10? What about for your nutrition? What about for your movement? And I go through all these different categories and I start to formulate a picture of where their inflammation is creeping in. And then we go to work and systematically change one thing at a week. We meet on a one-on-one call and I'm like, Hey, what happened last week? What worked? And what didn't work. So it's like that approach that we talked about with all the different diets before what worked from what we did, what didn't work. Okay. We're only carrying forward the things that we worked and we just layer on week by week. And I usually, after I do that initial assessment, I have this whole list of things that based on what they told me, I think would be amazing biohacks for them. And then I edit that list based on the results that we get on a week to week basis. And by the time that they're done working with me, I always love to contrast just not only their relationship with food, how they're eating, how they're feeling, what they're able to enjoy that they weren't able to enjoy before. And it's so fun painting that picture for them because it's very easy to maintain a lifestyle like that when you can see how far you've come and how good it feels to be in that different place, both in your business and your life. I love it so much. Okay. So this has been fantastic, Tanessa. As I said, I have so many other questions. I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours about all this. So where should people go to find you? Tell them about the podcast because I absolutely love it. And where else should people go to get in touch with you? Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm at Tanessa Shears. I'm most active on there. My podcast is called Becoming Limitless. It's the only podcast that I've come across that teaches entrepreneurs how to biohack their brain and their body to completely optimize themselves so that they can have more productivity, energy, and growth in their business. So that is, I love doing deep dive understand the nitty gritty of the why and the science on there, which is so fun. But beyond that, I have an entrepreneur's playbook. That is a great place to start. If you're like, Hey, I'm in on this biohacking thing. Tell me more. It's called 12 ways to biohack your energy. I've taken my top most effective biohacks that I do not only with myself and my client, and I've put them into a PDF so that, you know, if you're looking for those high energy mornings or you're looking for stable energy and clear thought throughout the day, this is the place to start. So it's 12 ways to biohack your energy. And that's at tenessashears.com forward slash energy. Love it. Okay. That sounds like an amazing resource. So definitely check it out. Thank you so much for your time today, Tanessa. This has been fantastic. I love geeking out about all of this stuff and helping us, you know, make the most of our energy and the time that we have so that we can become our best, not only for our clients and our customers, but also our family lives as we, as we talked about. So thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with us today. This was fantastic. Thank you for having me on. So good, right? Are you pumped and ready like I am to dive into the world of biohacking? Tanessa is fantastic. And so I want to give her a huge thank you once again for coming on the podcast and sharing her amazing journey and her wisdom with us. And don't forget to go download her playbook. You can find that at tanessashears.com slash energy. And if you loved this episode, go check out her podcast. It's called the Becoming Limitless Podcast. And we will put all the links and resources that we mentioned in today's episode in the show notes. And you can find those at monicalouie.com slash 93. All right. Thank you so much for joining Tanessa and me today. Don't forget, you can save $100 on Flourish with Facebook ads right now for a limited time by going to monicalouie.com slash iOS 100. If you found this helpful, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you can be notified when the next episode comes out. We've got an amazing lineup of incredible guests and some solo shows headed your way in the coming weeks. Brand new episodes come out every single Thursday, and I can't wait for you to hear next week's episode. 
That's all for today. Take care, stay healthy, and let's flourish.